Okay, today we, Anne-Marie is going to be giving us the teaching. We sent it to you via email. So let us say a prayer for her so she can be filled with the Holy Spirit and we receive what the Lord wants. Our Blessed Mother, we thank you for the gift of our sister. We ask that you bless her and fill her with the power, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to impart to us what you have given her. That our hearts be docile and open to receive the beauty of what God has brought to her into our own hearts. Amen. Amen. <coughs> okay. What I had um, shared with Lourdes earlier this week really came from the retreat. I was late to the retreat. I had complications. I had complications that week. So I, I missed um, at least the first teaching. But what I remember when I came there was all of these new, beautiful people from Colombia and the radiance and the joy and their happiness of just of just being there. And it was such a consolation that week to have so so much joy from so many new brothers and sisters. So that's that's one part. And then when Lourdes started sharing on the wounds of of mercy, um, I think that that day I didn't really take it all in because I got stuck at the point where she was talking about the pain and what to do with the pain. And it really just just hit me that this, this is the crux of, of the whole thing, the wounds and the pain. And, and so when I was leaving, I left early on Sunday, um, I was thinking about it as I was driving home, um, and I just really felt this urge to, to, to tell the, the new aspirants, the new people, what, what I had learned from, from the years of, of being here to try and help them, um, you know, a, a step faster, a step further, um, to, to keep them off the path. So that's where it's from. And it's very, it's very personal, but then I thought there really isn't any other way to speak about it because what God wants with us is a personal relationship and he can only speak to each of us intimately and, and personally. So I just offer it in that spirit. It's really, it's, it's really mine, but I hope that there's something in it for, for everybody. Um, and, you know, the first point is that, you know, we really have to focus on this, meditate on this, ponder this, what, what we do with the wounds that they have to be transformed. And if, we can't be full channels of mercy unless we come to complete transformation. 
That doesn't mean that we can't pray um, that God won't hear us or that we can't uh, be support for others. But to be who we're called to be in this community as victim souls, the, we have to be transformed. And I have seen, I've witnessed over the years that there have been women here who, who have done all of the things and think that they're moving in the right direction. And, and I don't think it, it's happened. And, and it hurts that it hasn't happened. And, you know, and I wonder how can, how can that be for, for someone to, to seem to make such an effort and, and to persevere and maybe, or I think it really, it really didn't happen. Um, and I thought, well, okay, let's, let's go back, um, to the beginning. Let's go back to the foot of the cross. Okay. And at the foot of the cross, you know, I came in not at the beginning, not at the formation, but when I came in two years later, you know, the community as a whole was still at the foot of the cross. I mean, we, we spent a long time uh, talking about the feet and what to, what you do with the feet and how to get self-knowledge and what to do with self-knowledge. Um, and all of it leads to discovering the wounds. And we all talk about these, these wounds. Um, but the devil is at the foot of the cross too, getting in there, twisting things around, um, lying, deceiving, and it's easy to fall for it because it's, it's easy. You know, it's easy to make up your own, your own way. It's, it's, it's not painful. It's less painful, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, so we spent time talking about wounds, and and uh, and in the beginning, I don't remember the term core wounds. We just talked about wounds, and I remember for me, I thought I had dealt with a lot of things back in my twenties, and I didn't think of myself as a really truly wounded person. I had a basic upbringing, you know, it was kind of a boring life, really. Um, and I thought I had sort of dealt with it. So what I would try to do is, is try on different moons to see if that's the one or if that's the one. And just to give you an example, it would be, you know, something along the lines of, okay, um, my mother always showed favoritism to my, to my brother, you know, um, but, and, 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 it, and it's a silly thing because it was something that, uh, my sister and I would laugh about, you know, we would point it out. We would point it out to her. She would, she would insist that it was wrong, but you know, everybody knew it was true. <laughs> and, and there was a situation a couple of years ago when I went home to visit and I was looking for coffee in the kitchen in the morning. And, and I heard my mother say to my father, well, she can drink the decaf like me, you know, she's, doesn't need to be so highfalutin with her coffee. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So there I am drinking decaf coffee because I don't want to be highfalutin <laughs> and, you know, confirm the whole thing. And then the next day, my brother's coming. So my father walks in. He goes and gets his caffeinated coffee at the village store. And he comes home and he remembers that my brother is coming. Oh, Daniel's coming home. Where's the coffee he likes? 
Okay, so we get the separate machine down for him. He goes to find the beans. He can't find the beans. He has to ask my mom where the beans are. I'm in the kitchen watching the whole process, and I'm like crying because I'm laughing so hard inside because it's just, I mean, I just want to run out and call my sister. You see, you see, we were right all along. <laughs> and we had the biggest laugh about it afterwards. Now, for other people, I think that that might have triggered a core wound, but I could tell that it wasn't mine because it didn't hurt that bad. You know, I could laugh about it. It was, it was truly funny to watch them running around getting the beans ready. Okay, but I could have taken that on myself and made it into something bigger than it was. And so I think sometimes we do that. And then we, you know, you hear another sister talk about something, and I would try that one on for size, but it didn't fit. And I kept moving through this process of trying to discover it. And then finally, the Lord, he said to me, would you just relax? You know, when I want you to know something, you will know it. And you will know it big, and you will know it's from me. So then there was a big, all right, everybody else is getting their wounds taken care of, and I have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> no one's waiting. <laughs> I had to be okay with that, right? It's patience, patience. And so then there was, it was at retreats. I know it was last year, the year, but it was, you know, a while ago. There was a, um, a, a prayer session. I think it was the evening before, or the evening of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was prayer before that. And I didn't know what I was going to ask for, you know, all these people are coming up with things. And then like about 30 seconds before it was my turn, you know, it hit me. It totally hit me. And it was something that was so big and it had affected my entire life that I couldn't see it. And that I, I grew up in an alcoholic family and both of my parents came from alcoholic families. So we have like alcoholism in and around and, and everywhere. And, and looking back now, I can see that they each gravitated to friends and families in our neighborhood that all had the same issues. So I, I was surrounded mm. by it up and down and sideways, so much so that it seemed, that it, se it seemed as a child growing up, that was normal. And all the situations just, just hit me. And I knew it because it was right here, okay? And it hurts, and it hurt bad. And it hurt bad. And that's why I said, you know, here, that here's a clue on how to tell when it's the core wound. It, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts. And the others don't. The other, you know, wounds that you try and talk about, they, they don't feel like that, okay? When the big one comes, it, it, I mean, it comes. And that, and I, but I could feel already in that the healing began to happen. I mean, as soon as the awareness started, I felt, I felt the peace. I felt people telling me, oh, Jesus is there, Jesus. And I'm like, I know, I know he is. Um, 
And I guess I'll talk, you know, the devil was there too. He was there too, because he came later to tell me that it was all a lie. The whole thing was a lie. And he came, you know, you lied to this person and you lied to this person. What you told them was not true. And I'm like, gosh, I know it's true. I lived it. I was there when it happened. I know it's true. But there was a uh, a fight, really, a contest between the evil and the good there. And, and at that point, I had a choice. I had a choice. I could have backed out and said, okay, and gone, gone the easy path and put a cover up over it again. I could have done that. I, I knew at that point I had the choice. But I said, no, it's true. It's true. And eventually, the, you know, I, I called on the precious blood. I called on all the angels. And and eventually, it, you know, it went away. He, he went away. And, the, and then the healing, the healing really happened then. But then you see over time, the fruits of the healing, the continued healing and the fruits of the healing. Um, and I think the other thing I wanted to, to, to talk up to people about was like, was identifying what exactly the wound is. The wound is not the thing that, that happened to you or the like, like sexual molestation. That's really more about the person. That's about the other person that, that did something sinful to you. That's not your wound. Your wound is, is how the pain, how, how you felt when it was happening that you were annihilated, you were trampled, you were stomped out. That, that's the pain. We, we call it sexual molestation, and it's like we're, we're or, or whatever we call it, isolation, abandonment, rejection. It's, it's um, we're like neutering the pain because the pain is, is big, it's furious. It's, it's, you know, everything in us just wants to get rid of the pain. But we have to go in into the pain. So we have to identify what exactly the wound is, and then even make that separate from the the consequences of the wound, which for each of us are all sorts of, of, of different things. And you know, it could be depression, it could be you know suicidal thoughts, it could be addiction, anorexia. None of those things are are wounds. They're they're consequences of, of the wound. They're things that you live with because you're wounded. And we often get caught up dealing with the consequences and we never go back to the, to the source of, of the problem. So I hope that helps. Um, so you have to, you know, you bring... Christ, I mean, you think you're bringing Christ the wound, right? You think you found it, and you think you're bringing it, but you, you know, you forget that that you're not there alone. It was the Spirit, really, the Holy Spirit, was there the whole time. He, he's the one that opened it up to you. He's the one that enlightened you. He's the one that that gave you the grace. Our Lord is the one that wants. To heal, but he just he just needs the wound. He needs he needs the Spirit and Mary to bring the wound with you to the cross. So it's it's not it's not you. 
and there's a it's a surrendering it's an absolute surrendering and we don't want to do that and and i wondered you know why why you know we talk about it all the time how we you know we we want to surrender ourselves we want to be one with god we want to be saints we want to be holy we want all these good things but we don't want to open our hearts we don't want to do that and i i think that one of the reasons is because we don't feel like we're really loved by god mm-hmm. and we can talk about it in a situation like this and pray and we can all talk about the love of god and how the consolations we've received and how we feel him so present but here is not where it's so important where it's important is is in the agony when you're in bed at night you know crying because this thing is is killing you is that the time that you that you can say i am the beloved i'm blessed i'm the beloved i know he loves me i know this is what he wants for me he's bringing me through this because i am so loved you know no we don't you know that's the time where we are non believers at that at the critical moment why would god let this happen to me if he loved me so much why would it happen you know is it because i'm not worthy is it because um he never really loved me but that no none of it's true none of it is true okay he need you know help me god help me believe that you, i am the beloved i am the one you love i've always been the one you loved and you love me just the way i am you're not waiting for me to be fixed you're not waiting for my wounds to be healed you're not waiting for my holiness to appear you love me right here in all of my brokenness and when you you know and that's when you feel the love when you can say yes i'm loved that's when the the wound meets it meets jesus at the cross and it's not your wound and you know it's his wound it's 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 one wound it's your wound and his wound and it's one wound that he's suffered and you're touching it and you and you and you're one this is like coming face to face with god this is this is our step into into unity with god I, and the spirit is there god the father's there it's the it's the trinity right there at the cross with the wounds coming together that's the transformation and i you know one of the <clears throat> let me see did i forget something yeah one of the the ways that i think that we treat it too casually is by how we we speak about wounds because we we've spoke we speak about wounds all the time here but they you know we have to give that 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 core wound just a very deep respect and you know we can't talk about working on our wounds or how wounded we are because it's all very very superficial superficial it's all superficial 
But the wound itself is holy ground because that's the place that you meet God. That's the place. And so we have to give it the utmost respect in ourselves and in each person here. And we have to be very careful about how we talk about it because if if we belittle it, we, we make people think that maybe that's not it, that maybe they're going about it the wrong way. When really, they're, you know, maybe they're doing the right thing and they just can't quite get, you know, they can't quite get there. They're, they're nervous. They're, they're anxious. Um, and I think that's one way we cover it up. We, 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 we make it less. We, we make fun. We poke fun. We, we have a good laugh about it. But it's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's big. It's sacred. Um, And I, yeah, Lourdes mentioned that cynical, that one of the, the fruits of the healing is that, you know, you feel, <laughs> I don't know, you feel freer, you feel lighter. You, I, you feel feelings that you haven't felt before because you, you, you've blocked them. And I, and I just know that from, from reading books that, you know, rereading a book that I had read, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and I don't know, there's a character talking about something and it's like, okay, now I get, I get the pain that you're feeling. And, and I can feel the pain of others at a much deeper level because I can go there now. I've been there. It's been healed. It's okay. It's a, it's not a scary place anymore. Um, and one of the other ways that another fruit is that I can I, I can be around people who are drinking now and who are you know slightly drunk, and it doesn't make me like all nervous because I used to have an anxiety like get me the heck out of here because I don't know what they're going to say I don't know what they're going to do, and I I just need to get out of here, but now I can and I would do it in a lot of different ways without physically leaving a place. You know, I, I, I had a way of mentally shutting off. I had a way of, of finding another um, place to go, another topic of conversation. You know, there's a lot of different ways to leave without picking up your body and moving out the front door. But now I can sit there with, with that person and I can listen to their pain, the pain of what whatever it, it is in them that that, that is... I don't know, making them drink, want to drink, or, or, you know, what's coming out of them that's so painful to them. And I can't say that any of them have been healed be- because of it, but <clears throat> I feel a deeper connection to that person so that if there were an opportunity, if I was attentive and there were, it was an opportunity, that I would be able to be there for them because now I have a relationship with people that I might not have had and the relationship is at a deeper level that they feel comfortable with me now because I've been able to sit there with them. And then really, the, I was just thinking this morning, the other fruit is that that I'm sitting here even talking to you about it because there's no way I would have done this two years ago, last year, I don't know when. I mean, I still don't really want to do it, but now I can do it. I can. And... And, you know, that's the hard thing for me to do is just get up and just say what it is because, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not 
right? Maybe it's not useful. But at this point, I don't, you know, it's like I don't care so much anymore. This is what I heard from God, and this is what I'm, I'm sharing with you. 